in terms of core strength, what I'm talking about is not having six pack. It's just being able to say, do I have, have I developed some good core strength where I can keep myself reasonably well aligned and not have big movement through the pelvis and the hip region when I'm moving um, and some stability there as a starting point. So that's where you go. Let's look at that first. If that's not too bad, believe it or not, I'm not going down to the feet next. I'm going to (laughs) (laughs) just the ear. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's right. The nose Um, is your, what we call the external rotator muscles of the hip. Yep. You will know this because you dabbled a little bit in ballet with your flat feet. Was um, so your turnout muscles. Okay. Your turnout muscles are actually the the a group of muscles. Easiest way to describe it is like the l- bottom, like the lower portion of your bum. So you underneath your glutes. Yep. Basically, um, they're at the back of that sort of hip region, and what they do is they rotate the thigh bone outwards Mm -hmm. so if you imagine you know going into for those who know that first position in ballet um where your sort of feet are in parallel and then you're pointing them away from each other out to the side that actually comes from those external rotator muscles of the hip which are at the very base of the bottom um top of the thigh bone basically so top of the hamstring bottom of the glutes around that sort of area so why are they important they will rotate so when they engage and shorten they basically kind of hold your thigh bone in alignment so even if you're not actually turning your thigh bone they're the ones that act to keep it nice and stable so the one thing we see when we see collapsing feet or flat feet is that normally in that movement sort of um, pattern that you have there's some collapsing inwards of the knee and the ankle Mm -hmm. a little bit of like that rolling in so these muscles if you think about that if they're there sort of basically going okay the thigh bone that leads down to the knee is collapsing inwards if those muscles are activating to keep it or trying to rotate it outwards if they're working well they're going to keep that knee in that better alignment rather than seeing that collapse in does that make sense yeah all of a sudden we've got nice core and pelvic control a good control of our thigh bone down to our knee that's not allowing that rotation in or that collapse in, all of a sudden we're seeing from the knee down to the foot a really nice straight line from the knees down to those kind of middle toes. And then we're in a position where if we then work a little bit on the muscles of the foot that keep the arch lifted, we're actually got, we've got a really nice line there and we can actually see some improvement in not just the foot and ankle position but also that arch and that collapse in there as well. So it's a it's one of those that it's absolutely doable. Yes, the little muscles of the foot you can strengthen and there are some exercises to do that, but I would never go straight to the foot. The first thing I would go to with one of my dancers or one of the, you know an external client who's having trouble with their feet or ankles is I'd go from the core, then I'd have a look at some of that hip rotation and then work my way down to the feet that way. That's amazing. I mean, I'm I'm just looking at myself right now going, I've got absolutely appalling core strength <laughs> and I'm fairly certain I'm rolling in <laughs> or out and all of the wrong ways everywhere. I think if you put if you put like a a photo of like an outline of my body on the wall or something, you just have like all these red like marker crosses on like, you know, hips. I'd just like be core. one red flag, one big red flag, I think. <laughs> this just, is fucked. Yeah. This whole thing here, this whole setup, <laughs> just need to rejig this whole rig. So, okay, uh, okay. Then, uh, first step for me then would be get into some core 
work? Yeah. What yeah. kind of stuff is like pro- probably and you know like there there might be women listening going yeah sounds pretty familiar. Um, what uh, would be something that a beginner like me would would be safe to kind of get into to start you know maybe waking up some of those completely asleep core muscles and kind of engaging them and strengthening them. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I, I guess for me, I've got my system and it's not the only system or the right system. It's just a, a way that I've found works, particularly with young people. Yeah. Working with young dancers, a lot of the time it's new to them. They're sort of going, oh, they don't know the anatomy as well as some of, you know, some older people. And then not only that, they don't understand how to use it and how it all works. But I always start with, you know, and it's the boring stuff, which is always a hard sell, but, you know, and it'll be the same for some of your listeners. It's like the stuff where you feel like nothing, nothing much is happening. It's hard to kind of keep yourself motivated to do it. But once you do it for a little while, you don't have to keep doing it forever. So it's just kind of go, okay, let's just wipe the slate clean and just work on this for a couple of weeks because these things improve really quickly. Um, And so they are your pelvic floor and your deep sort of abdominal activation exercises mm-hmm. um so i'd probably just get someone you know to be perfect honest, just lying down on the floor in a nice position where their back's comfortable knees bent feet flat on the floor and just get some breathing happening so in through the nose out through the mouth and then at the very end of that breath out um of through the mouth all by like, exhaling all of the air out of your body just getting them to the, just go through and this is always that anyone who's been to a physio has heard this before but the sensation of that lift with the pelvic floor which is stopping yourself mid p basically so the p muscle yeah Um, and you just feel that little gentle activation of the pelvic floor why do we do that because it's not technically your deep abdominals that's your pelvic floor Mm -hmm. one with one comes the other so when you can get that little activation of that pelvic floor happening um, and i think you know there's other names like the kegel exercises and all those sorts of things when you get those happening they tend to just bring some of those deeper abdominal muscles along with it for the yeah. ride sort of thing so they sort of inherently just kind of switch on so that's why it's a nice way to start mm-hmm. so just practicing that just breathing all of the way out gently drawing that sort of thinking about drawing the belly button down to the spine but not flattening the spine down to the floor there should be no movement these muscles don't make any movement happen they just um, contract to stabilize things yeah um, so the p muscle that gentle stopping yourself mid p feeling and the gentle draw of the belly button towards the spine and then See what happens with that. If you feel like it can, you know, it's on for two or three seconds and then it flicks off, just see if you can build that up a little bit. Then the next challenge being see if you can build that up and still breathe in because normally what happens when I'm sort of feeling around for that activation is that then, then I say, okay, now take a breath in and it switches straight off. So the next challenge yeah. is, oh, can yep. I gently hold that on while I breathe in? While I'm breathing, and yeah. Breathe out. And I always explain to the kids, I go, guys, the, you, this mu- these muscles don't need to be smashed on we're talking like 30 percent activation is fine they don't need you know this is not i'm oh, um, tensing so right. it's like they just need to be active and gently engaged so where i see people go wrong is that i go okay now breathe all the way out and gently turn that p muscle on and i see their rib cage tense proper up proper tense yeah and, i mean that's yeah, what, what and, i always thought core core exercises had to be you had to be like straight and, in and it is but it's not until you've got 
this really boring fundamental stuff kind of happening first. So like you're kind of intro level. So you're working from the inside out, if that makes sense. So- you say boring, right? But you've basically just described to me my dream exercise scenario where A, I'm <laughs> lying on the floor. It is gentle. I'm not breaking a sweat so and true. I'm breathing so and I'm true. possibly going to yeah. fall asleep at the end of Put it. Put some music on, yeah, exactly. light some candles. <laughs> And he was like, oh, my God, I just did the biggest workout. Went I was just, like wow, hours. 22 minutes, sign me up. I'll do yeah. it. I'll do it. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so you know, obviously kind of slowly building up that and then, and then where do so we go? So, that's just that. And that, look, that, you know, you just do that. And then you, one, you get the hang of it. Once you get the hang of that gentle activation, you'll soon then realize that, okay, I don't actually have to be lying on the floor to do this. I can do this while I'm driving my car. I can do this while I'm, you know, uh, on the bus or the train or whatever it might be sitting at my desk because nothing's really happening other than the activation. So there's no movement happening. It shouldn't stop you breathing. You should just be able to gently switch it on, hold it on for a little bit and then bit by bit get better at that. So um, the beauty of that is you go, cool, great. I've got that sorted. Now I want to move on to the next thing. And the next thing is you go, okay, now I'm ready to start to bring in some of those bigger muscles that do make movement happen or that do stop movement from happening so the example being like a plank for example there's no movement happening there but the muscles are are working to stop that movement happening so your core muscles are there to basically keep you in a nice straight alignment of your neutral spine position Mm -hmm. if they switch off your back your back's going to sort of sag down towards the floor so there's no movement happening, but you're using those bigger muscles to basically counteract each other and to hold that position. So, um, so yeah, so from there, so once we've got that, then we can start to bring in some of those exercises that are good for to building that stability and that strength. And then probably beyond that, moving towards some of the more movement based things. So all the usual Pilates stuff, all the mat work kind of things that you can do. Um, for me, I like, I like things like, um, I like glute bridges mm-hmm. um, and the variations of the Pilates stuff where you're actually just then lying on your back and you're just gently engaging those deeper abdominal and pelvic floor muscles and then doing some things like just trying to lift one leg and just seeing what happens with your pelvis when you do that. And if you're seeing a lot of movement happen, well, you need you go, imagine how much movement's happening when you run. If just yes. lying on your back and you just lift one foot, your hips are moving or twisting and there's a lot of rotation there. Well, multiply that by a huge amount when you're putting your body weight, you know, through its paces for a jog or a one. You're going to see a much bigger um, shift and that's where you're going to start to get that nagging lower back pain or you might be getting some pain through the hips or the knees and things like that. All of those things. Oh, my God, this is making so much sense now. (laughs) I just thought I was old. (laughs) So, yeah, all the – and look, Pilates is is great. I love Pilates. I I use a lot of Pilates. It's not the only thing. It's just a – piece of the puzzle I always go I always just try and take the best bits and pieces from every single discipline that you can mm-hmm. um, but there is some nice stuff in there and not all of it's um, Pilates based but some of it is but yeah it's around that sort of can I gently engage and stabilize through my pelvis and my and my core through my sort of lower spine in particular and then can I start to see some movement happen so if I lift a leg can I keep it there can I still breathe while I'm doing that can I now maybe extend that leg a little bit away from the body which is going to make it heavier mm-hmm increase that kind of lever arm away from the the pivot point in the center of gravity and and or will it move even more will my back start to arch away from the floor or can i use some of those abdominals to keep it there and things like that so 
Um, so th- that sort of stuff's nice. It's hard to explain that, um, obviously, just by speaking, but um, I think most people are kind of have, have seen those types of exercises mm. or even tried them before. Yep, yep. Um, but, yeah, like I said, glute bridges are really nice. Um, I think a lot of the planking kind of things are good, provided you've kind of set yourself up first. A lot of people go and do planks, but they don't quite have the – base level from those deeper support structures yet so they feel it in their lower back a little bit more yeah um, and if that's, do. yeah yeah and if that's the case you'd need to regress that so regression of of your plank would be doing something like um doing it from your knees rather than on your toes um you can elevate your hands so you can put your hands up on something mm-hmm. um like up on a box or a step um just to take a little bit of the body weight away from that so shift it away from the core uh, and just build that up nicely. So all of those kind of anti-extension, isometric contraction type exercises are good. Um, and then dead. Do you got, would you have heard of dead bugs? You know that movement yeah, yeah, where you lie on your you back and you, yeah, yeah, all yeah. that. Yeah, those sorts of things. You sort of want to build up to those, but that's where it's really just around. Can I find that control through my pelvis and my deep abdominals, and where I'm moving? I'm lying on my back. My right leg is extending out as my left arm is extending out behind me and the others are then vice versa, et cetera. So and you're you talking can- about control and everything. Like I'm assuming what you're saying here is this is all these are all very slow movements. I'm 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 getting the sense that I'm not supposed to just lie down and smash out <laughs> sit-ups or dead bugs or something really quickly in quick succession no i don't (laughs) you can you can once again there's no bad exercises right these are they're all good exercises in a way if you do them correctly but i I think the biggest (laughs) no and you know and it takes a long time like but a lot of i do this with dancers so dancers go into a lot of classes with you know guest teachers or teachers that just come in and do like a, a once a week class with them um, and most of those answers have a pretty set routine where they'll go, they want to give them some conditioning and some strength and some cardio as like a big chunk of their warm up before they get into the technical and the combination type work. Mm. And they'll do that. So how do you fill that time? They got great music going and they start getting them to do things like mountain climbers and dead bugs and, you know, the, um, the opposite to the dead. This is always just the weirdest names, aren't they? But dead bugs is you flip over on, on all fours. So you're kneeling and on your hands and that's where you lift one arm up and your, op- your opposite leg extends behind you, mm-hmm. kind of into that sort of Superman, half Superman sort of position. Uh, the name that swings around for that one is Bird Dog. So we've gone from dead bugs to like, <laughs> I'm a bird, I'm a dog, I'm a bird. I'm a- it's so it's just great. People are so creative. Um, but what I see is that when you do that really quickly, the control isn't there. So yeah. what ends up happening is the muscles that you probably inherently already use too much start to take over. Mm. So you start to, to see- keep you steady. <clears throat> yeah, and to execute the movement. So you start to see a bird dog example becomes a really big lower back exercise rather than perhaps a glute, hamstring and shoulder exercise and core exercise. Mm. Um, and then over time, people go, oh, my back's starting to get sore. And that's true of sit-ups as well because sit-ups are a, like a full sit-up is your abdominals don't cross from your spine over your hip joint to your thigh bone. They're, they're not attached to your thigh bone at all. So your abdominals can crunch. So, you know, when you do a crunch mm, and you shorten them. the space mm. between your ribs and your hips because that's where the abdominals all attach. Mm. But they don't go, they can't bring you closer to your thighs. So in a sit-up, you're lying on your back and eventually you're bringing yourself up to your knees essentially or up to your thighs. What's doing that? Well, it's not your abdominals, it's your hip flexors. 
and your hip flexors, the, the bigger group of hip flexors, the psoas muscle, is connected to your lower back. So when it shortens to pull you up, it's also yanking on your lower back. So when you start doing sit-ups, when you're not in control of your spine, people, this happened, this is quite a common thing. People go, I'm doing sit-ups all the time because I'm trying to build my core strength and I want a six-pack, side note. Um, and they go, but I've got like this, I'm just getting this lower back pain. Well, yeah. that's why, because, you know, the, the mechanics are probably what you think they are and you're not able to control that movement and you're putting a lot more stress on your lower back even though you think it's a, an abdominal exercise, which it is to a certain extent, but it's a bit more complicated than that. This is incredible. And so obviously slow and steady and kind of really building. And then if you, you know, as you're getting to certain phases, if you're trying to move into like a plank or move into some of those bird dogs type exercises and you're feeling too much movement, you're saying, you know, go back, go back a step and kind of keep working on some of those, um, you know, more simpler core exercises to kind of make sure that you're building slowly yeah. like if yeah. i started say tomorrow um on just you know that the kind of p muscle type very very basic lying on the floor my ideal type of exercise am i looking yeah. at like is this like a three month a six month kind of project that like you know that like is something i work towards over time and you know halfway through this year i've all of a sudden got a quite a decent uh quite a decent kind of core core strength set up or is it like is it is it can you do it shorter than that is it longer like what what's the time frame here that's a, that's oh, a reasonable and, time frame yeah and that, I mean, that's a that's a million dollar question because I, I guess everyone would like to know that for themselves and it, it's really dependent on you know how much training you've done in your life what you've done before how aware of your body are all those sorts of things any injuries that you've had but i i would say to you if if you came to me just off the street and said i haven't done a great deal i'd really like to make a start I'd get you doing probably more than what you think because I can kind of supervise it and look at it and control it a little bit more and give you, and you're kind of going, okay, someone's taken over the part to see if I'm doing it right or wrong. So that's obviously, you know, helpful in a sense. But mm. in terms of how long, oh, I don't, I, I was trying to tell people like once you make a start, you can do those types of things really, really regularly. So the pelvic floor and the deep abdominal activations, you can do them every day and you can do them multiple times throughout the day because they're really just activation exercises to get, to wake things up and to start them to, you know, switch on again. Mm -hmm. um, so I find that people, if they've never done it before, if they apply themselves and just, because it's not overly taxing, it's not like it's incredibly exhausting or you're feeling like it's causing you pain most of the time. It's pretty like you said, it's pretty comfortable. Um, yeah, I, I would say within, for me, most of the time, two to three weeks of doing that pretty regularly, you're going to start to notice some some changes there. Uh, the next step after that sort of two to three weeks of doing that is just trying to assess, well, where are my weaknesses and where are my um, areas that perhaps need to, that are overusing? Mm -hmm blanket answer so often is that we're really tight through our hip flexors and particularly our quads because we find it really easy to use those mm. um and we're really weak potentially in our um glutes and hamstrings yep um we tend to be quite overactive in our back in yep. our lower back and quite weak in our core so if you were to then say you know if i was to try and give you a blanket this is a one size fits all kind of program for everyone even though that doesn't exist more often than not you would go deep abdominal pelvic floor working out some exercises to really get your glutes working 
mm-hmm. um, getting those switch on and some of those external rotators at the hip because they help with alignment. Um, finding some ways to kind of release some of the tension in those spots like your lower back and your quads and hip flexors. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to find that you get a lot of people in general will see pretty good results just in the first few weeks of that. So, yeah, anywhere from three to six weeks of doing that, they can feel some pretty good changes. Um and then obviously working on the exercises that you would do before that. So for glutes, some glute bridge type work, even just some um, glute activation. So some isolations where you just essentially just lying on your tummy, drawing your belly button away from the floor and just like your freestyle kick, you're just kind of lifting up that leg behind you like a freestyle kick and then lowering it and then trying on the other side. It's hard when you're not having someone there to have a feel for that, but a lot of people will do that and they'll feel it in their lower back or their hamstrings. Yeah. And you go, okay, if that's the case, you need to now just work on even before you lift it. See if you can just engage your glutes, squeeze your bum basically. Mm-hmm. And then once you've got that happening, because that's just, you know, that communication between your brain and your body, can you now switch that on and lift that leg and feel less in your lower back? And if that's the case, progress is happening and you can start to see that, oh, my glute bridge will start to feel a lot less in my back and more in my glutes now, a lot less through my quads and things like that. So um, I'm kind of going down this path that I tend to go down to, which I get really excited and I start to talk about it and I get lost <laughs> about where I've gone to. But ultimately, Again, yeah, another for- <laughs> reason why you and I are so different in this, in this respect. <laughs> but look, I, I, I'm trying to think, oh, my God, if someone actually sat and bothered to listen to me talk, which is horrendous to think that anyone would. But if they they're did, doing it right now, what, Adrian. What they're am doing I giving it right them? now. It's, I know. That's why I was No, this scared. is brilliant. Like, I'm genuinely what? sitting here going, yep, okay, this is good. All have these I, things that you're saying. But basically, yeah, the d- sort of deep abdominal pelvic control is a nice place to start. Have a look at where you feel your tension, your points of tension. If you know you've got some some lingering kind of back pain, yeah, there's a good chance some core work will help, but the right kind of core work. So don't just jump straight to crunches and sit-ups and those sorts of things. Thinking about more of those, can I keep that engaged while I um, maybe hold myself in a position like a plank or something or a glute bridge is, a st- is still a good exercise for core or some dead bug type work where, but you don't need it to go straight into like both arm and leg going at the same time. It might just be lift the leg and extend a little bit and see how far you can go before you start to feel it in your back. And once wow. you can bring it back um, and vice versa, flip over onto all fours. And if you do that, lifting that arm and leg and you're feeling it more in your back, Go back to your breathing, draw your belly button, pelvic floor on, just a little lift. Maybe just start with just the leg extending behind you. Ah, now I'm feeling less in my back. I feel like my core is working a little bit harder and I'm getting a little bit of activation maybe in the glute. Now we're on the right track and then you just progress it. Mm. Gradually make it a little bit harder. You extend a little bit further. You maybe lift the leg and the arm at the same time. Um, so, yeah, there's there's those quite a few little starting points that I would go with. Um Hip flexors are a funny one. People um, sitting all day. So if you're sitting at an, at an office desk or on a chair, you're essentially shortening that hip flexor muscle all the time that mm. you're sitting. So you do want to get some length in there, but because it's so stiff and stuck and sore and it is connected to that lower back a lot of the time, you've got to be careful that you don't just go, okay, I'm going to go into these really deep lunge stretches because a lot of people will find that really painful mm. and, it's, and it just seems to aggravate their hips more than anything. I actually find if I was to, to give you my one little thing for hip flexors, I actually find a really good quad stretch is 
feels people feel they get more relief out of their hips than actually going into those deep lunge stretches if they're not quite ready for those yet and they don't have the control um, for how to do it. Um, and the really nice quad stretch is, I'll try and describe it as accurately as I can, but if you were to put your knee down on the floor and yep. your foot behind you, so you heel up to your bottom and sort of put your foot up on something, like whether it was a step or a box or your bed or your couch or something like that, and then sort of lean back into it. Does that make sense? So yes, it does. Yeah. Sort of, yeah. And, and so that, because what you're stretching there is one of the big quadricep muscles that's also a hip flexor and it's a really um, big muscle that gets used a lot, you get a nice stretch through that quadricep muscle that's also a hip flexor and then you'll stand up. And if you do it for a few minutes just on one side, get up, go for a walk around and you'll feel like, oh, I'm out of balance now because this feels really nice compared to that one. <laughs> And then on balance, really loose yeah. and long, yeah. and the other one's really <laughs> like, tight. Oh my God, I'm, I'm really tall on the right <laughs> side, but I'm not sure about that. Um, so yeah, so that's a nice one. So in terms of like that other issue, which is a lot of that sitting and hips, is just yeah, getting up, getting moving, um, lengthening out, and, and sort of getting a nice stretch through the quads. I find is just a really, it's just a freebie kind of one where you sort of go if I start to bring that into my daily routine, I think people tend to get really good feedback from that, um, and. Uh, and really good results. So. And can you do something like that, like from cold? Do you have to like yeah. do some kind of yeah. warm up first, or is it okay to go straight into that? Is it a static stretch, or is it just something a, like is it a bit more movement to it? You can be both, to be honest. If you're at work and you just get up and just sort of give yourself, you know, a, a, a little bit of that movement, open the hip. I mean, really, just wanting to open up the hips again, right? So standing yep. up and going into a little bit of a stretch with some movements, fine. Or you know, pull your heel up to your bottom and just try and get some length in the quad. That would be fine. If you've then at home and you've got the time to actually put your knee down and put it, your foot up behind you and get it to a bit of a deeper strat- static stretch, that's fine as well. I mean, it's a contentious issue that that whole. I'm, I won't go down this pathway because you will get lost again. But the stretching while you're cold, um, my my take on it and all the research and people that I've sort of been mentored by and spoken to about it is I've come to the conclusion that. The message is right. People go, you've got to be warm before you stretch. I get why the message is that because when you are warm, there is, uh, it's almost kind of like movement and everything starts to kind of lubricate the joints a little bit in a Mm -hmm. way. Um, Mm -hmm. So it is a little bit more free and easier to go into your stretches when you are warm. But that doesn't mean you can't do it cold. It just means you've got to go slower. Right. Um, And I think, to be perfectly honest, you'll never injure yourself stretching from cold if you listen to your body while you're doing it. Yeah, so not like forcing yourself into like to push harder or go deeper. So if you go, you just gently move yourself deeper and deeper into a stretch, you know when you're getting to that limit. So if you don't listen to that feedback and then push further, that's, yeah, you're going to hurt yourself. But if you listen to it and allow it to happen, you can do it from cold. It might just take you longer to get to the same point that your muscles could get to if you did it after maybe a five or ten minute warm up. So yes, you can, but... Yeah, you don't have to. And just going back to that hip flexor, sorry, the quad um, stretch that you were suggesting, it would, you know, for, for women who've um, had kids and maybe have like obviously had slight hip realignment because of that whole process, mm-hmm. is that is that safe for them to do as well, or is that something maybe they have a chat to their physio first to kind of, you know, have have a chat about how that all looks. 
Oh, look, I think it's, it's I mean, it's nothing really overly intrusive in terms of a movement. Yep. If you had um, a real stability issue getting into that position, yeah, chat to your, your physio and, and just sort of see is there, sometimes it's as simple as going, just make sure you're on a, a nice surface um, that's not, you know, a stable surface or you've got some nice padding under your knee and, and things like that um, so that you're not putting yourself in a position where, you know, you're going to, have any alignment issues um when you go into that but yeah generally speaking if it's nice and gentle and you've got yourself in a position that you're comfortable with then it's just up to you to just then go into where you feel you're gonna um you know get get the best response from that um Mm. where it's not painful but you're starting to feel that little bit like okay that's a nice stretch and i can now try and breathe and relax and just i always describe to the students because flexibility is huge obviously with dancers but I try and explain to them that flexibility should be about allowing your body to lengthen, not forcing your body to lengthen. So it's not grab my leg and jam it up here. It's can I allow my leg to get to there? Mm. Um, and that sort of that that becomes a little bit more of like that mindfulness and breathing, and you know, very um, different from the old you know high school PE class approach. Um, <laughs> just oh, you totally. know. <laughs> Get into the stretch. Um, okay. Well, this has all been absolutely brilliant. Uh, darling brother, thank you very much. Mm. I, I, seriously, I have learned so much. I know that you say, you know, you've gone down rabbit holes, etc. but it's it's so useful and it's so interesting. And I love that we went from feet to <laughs> cores to, to core muscles to hips and everything. Like it's, it's my, like I literally wouldn't have made that connection. I, I was expecting when we went into this chat that you were going to give me a series of foot exercises, foot muscle exercises to do for the next three weeks but um uh, yeah to taking it all back to actually where where it's all kind of starting makes a lot of sense to me physically um yeah and and just things that you're saying makes me i'm literally listening along and nodding and going yep that sounds like me yep uh, you know honestly anytime i've ever done any kind of core exercise it's always been my my lower back um it's always been sometimes with crunches uh obviously so i'm doing them wrong it's also my neck like i'm clearly just yeah. you know <laughs> doing my neck instead of my my core like so many things that you were saying i was like yes yes that's me yep all of those things i'm clearly doing all those things wrong um so it's really and i also think um it's kind of it gives me a lot of hope to go cool well, i don't actually have to you know you don't have to like approach exercise in this way of like smashing yourself or you know like smashing out a hit session and all that kind of like really intense physical activity feel the burn or anything like that there's actually a lot that you can gain and that's really good for you um if you're just focusing on building those foundations building that strength up slowly gently um listening to your body and and doing it properly um it's it's just a completely different approach to i think everything that we've kind of been um yeah and i, th- and I think about i mean exercise. that's totally my and th- that's my my bugbear sometimes is that I think there's this there's this feeling that you have to smash yourself every time you want to start, and and it's just not like that. I mean, you, I always go back to if someone comes to me with an injury, the first question that I always ask is, unless they know that it specifically happened, like a traumatic injury where they've landed and rolled an ankle or something like that. If they kind of go, oh, there's something that's come up, like like you've got at the moment, yeah. like a, a niggling, aching pain in your foot or something like that. My sourdough first, run, yeah. <laughs> the sourdough. The, the sourdough wet sour. <laughs> so the, the first question I go is like, what have you done in the last two to three weeks and has it been different? 
Um, and if that's the case, normal, and that's almost most of the time you can look back at that and go, oh, yeah, I did something more or something differently that I hadn't done before. And that's what comes back to that point where you know, it's probably a nice way to wrap up what we were talking about today is that you went, I, it's great that you want to run. And I, you know, you know how much I love running. I think it's great that you want to get out there and run. But if you look back at that and go, what was the history leading up to the run to the, or I like to now think of it as the frog to the bakery? <laughs> um, was there a lot building up to that moment? No. And would we have still been able to avoid that had we done it differently? Probably. And mm. that would have just been a case of going, okay, I'm going to, I haven't actually walked quickly <laughs> to the bakery yet i'm going to start with that and then each day i'm going to look at maybe making it that little bit harder it might be i'm going to walk there and jog halfway back or whatever it might be yeah because you, and i always say this to the students i go what you're doing now i always like to tell them is money in the bank for your future so we like to think in the here and now, but it's like think of the long game a little bit, mm. even though right now with my students, their focus is on honing their craft and hopefully becoming a professional dancer. I also say to them everything from their diet and their nutrition and their training that they're doing right now is also going to have an influence on what they're doing when they're 17, 80 years old. Mm. It's a really long time. So it's kind of if you get your head into that, it is the long game. And I go, um, I want to bit by bit work on this and it doesn't and I can be at peace with it it's not going to happen overnight but you start to build those habits and you build them in a way that you don't keep hurting yourself and you don't keep getting disillusioned with it and you kind of stay true to that course yeah over time you will build up that baseline of strength and that resilience in your body and you will safely be able to say I'm ready now and maybe within that period of time you go now I am ready for a hit session and you go and do a hit session and you go oh my god I love this I've mm. never loved it before because mm. and to be perfectly <laughs> honest I don't think anyone says that but <laughs> you might because you have gone out at a point where you were way better prepared for it than getting in there and ready for just some slapping some high fives and doing something way beyond where you are and then realizing that you will never walk again because you're in so much <laughs> agony from the amount of burpees that you did yesterday. So Stupid burpees. Um, <laughs> thank you. This has been amazing. I really appreciate it. Um, and look, I think it would be great maybe to have a, a chat um, further in a little bit about like yeah warm-ups proper warm-ups because clearly also that's an area of uh <laughs> development for me <laughs> need some pointers there um because i think obviously yeah that's possibly something that um maybe a lot of us aren't really doing particularly well either no no it's a, that's a hard one that's a yeah absolutely i'd love to thank you for letting me just waffle for a bit it was, it was actually quite nice i love it I was, yeah i probably won't have the um you know the the nerves to do this again for another six years but it's been lovely <laughs> while this has lasted so oh you're an idiot i love you i'll uh, i'll talk to you soon okay i love you too You podcast is produced by me, Gab Burke, and music is by Hamish Camilleri. Thank you so much for listening and sharing our little pod. We'd love it if you can share this episode on your stories. It's super quick and easy to do. Just take a screenshot of wherever you're listening to the pod and share it to your story so that other women can find women like you. Um, and you can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter at womenlikeyoupodcast.com. I'm Gab. Sarah will be back soon. And... I love you. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.